Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Women's Football Success. I'm your host, Lynn Marie Liberty Ellington, and today's episode is 1830. Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, sponsorships, and today's episode is going to be a little quick uh, for a couple reasons. Um, actually, we are getting ready for the baby shower for our first grandson. So we are going to be doing a lot of activities today and tomorrow. Um, and the week has just gotten away from me. So I want to be able to focus on that. But I wanted to share a couple things about women's football and get on with that for today. Again, my name is Lynn Marie Liberty Ellington. I am so glad to be here with you. My disclaimer is I am an attorney licensed to practice law in the state of Arkansas. However, any of the information I provide here or on our other digital content is not legal advice. This does not create an attorney-client relationship, and therefore, it is business information only. If you have a legal issue or concern, um, then you need to get connected with an attorney in your um, jurisdiction that practices law in your area of concern. With that being said, um, today, I wanted to talk to you about sponsorships. Um, I know a lot of teams over the last few weeks have been getting on it as far as their tryouts um, because this is our pre or off season um, leading up to practices. A ton of things have been going on in the off season. There, we still have about 100 things to announce and get ready for, but People are working behind the scenes and getting things done. So I'm really excited to see all the tryouts that are happening and, and especially the tryouts that are happening early. In addition, there are tryouts happening here in the next couple of weeks as well. I know I talked to, I want to think of which one it was. It's in Bakersfield, team in Bakersfield. They're having tryouts in December. Um, I know the, Rock Hill Raiders, Rock Hill Lady Raiders are um, have announced their tryouts. I know that the Maine Mayhem have a tryout, I believe it's the 17th of November, and they also have one in December. Also, the Portland Shockwave have several coming up. Now, I'm not going to name them all off because I've been doing that week after week. If you are looking for a tryout or you're interested in women's football and you're not sure where to go, you're going to go to WFAProFootball.com. That's the Women's Football Alliance. We have over 70 teams throughout the U.S. And you will go to teams. You can either look by division or by state. If you're looking for tryouts, you're probably going to want to go by state because you will have a specific area or region in mind, I guess. So um, check it out there and see if there's any tryouts coming out. If for some reason you see a team that you're interested in, but you don't see an upcoming tryout, uh, reach out via their contact page or via their Facebook uh, phone number and uh, connect with them and let them know that you want to be in women's football. And um, they'll probably schedule you to come to a tryout or they'll, they'll possibly be having a tryout for five or 10 girls. Um, so the Dallas Elite, we had a great tryout on Sunday. Um, we had a, a great turnout. We had, including veterans and including players that had been to other tryouts, we were sitting at about 68 at the session. Um, and then we had 
think nine of our coaches there. So it was a really successful uh, evening or weekend. We also had bowling night. We had bowling family night the night before on Saturday. And we had several of the players come out and just, sorry, I'm yawning. Just as a social event um, came out and, and hung out a little bit and got to know each other. So that was super fun. On, let's see, Saturday during the day, I was invited to a women's business conference. Wow, was that fun. Um, that was held at the Thanksgiving Tower in downtown Dallas. There was about 60-ish women business owners, um, so I got to network and connect with them. And uh, shout out to Javier, shout out to Michelle. Um, I just had a really great, fun experience there, and uh, it was nice to talk to the different ladies. So with that being said, I wanted to get kind of into the next round of what women's football team owners should be doing, what team players should be doing. Um, you feel free to check back on the calendar of women's football to see if you're kind of following. Sorry, I'm so tired this morning. Um, it's actually, I mean, it's almost nine o'clock when I'm recording this, so I, I should not be this tired anymore, but I am. Um, so we're going to talk about sponsorships. Um, now the calendar is on women's football success. And that is located on supersmallbiz.com, supersmallbiz.com. You click on women's football and then there's different um, pages uh, for owners, players, coaches, and staff. And I put a basic template uh, calendar there. And that is just the minimum things that you should be doing. That's not everything that you should be doing, but I wanted to provide like a basic template calendar that people could add to um, with regards to their particular team and their particular location. You know, a lot of teams up north, if they're practicing or they're holding tryouts right now, they're doing it indoors. So uh, teams that practice in January up north are indoors and sometimes have snow on the ground until May March. Um, so we try to give you the basics and then you guys can add to it. So I'm super excited. So we are hitting episode 1830 today. So 30 episodes. We've been doing this for like five, over five months now. And I really like the feedback that I'm getting. I'm super excited to reach out to the team owners and see what's working, what's not working, what um, ideas they have, what concerns they have. And um, it's really nice to see all of the teams working together I feel like women's football right now, the Women's Football Alliance is in a really, really good place. If you've ever been around women's football, you know that um, there's a lot of different politics and changes that go on. Um, so uh, no, no need for uh, name calling or anything like that. We're doing great over in the WFA. Um, it's really nice to see the teams just lifting each other up and empowering each other. But um, it's exciting to be part of this right now. So I'm going to talk about sponsorships because sponsorships are super important to women's football. Everybody knows we are a grassroots model. And so getting sponsorships is super important. 
Now, I'm not talking about um, discounts. So there's teams out there, there's organizations out there that are getting discounts off of things that they purchase. Those are not partnerships. Those are not sponsorships. I'm talking about going out, talking to another organization and getting them to give you financial money, money, dollars, to support your player or your team or some specific part of the team. So I'm going to talk to you about player sponsorships uh, and team sponsorships, small team sponsorships, big. Okay. Now, some of the teams that we've talked to offer a variety of different ways for players to get sponsored. One of the ones that I've found to be most successful is offering a player sponsorship that goes all the way down to 50 or $25. We've had players in the past that have gotten fully sponsored or gotten their player fees sponsored by $25 sponsorships, either 20, $25 sponsors or, um, $10, $50 sponsors, whatever it is. Um, those are typically family and friends. A friend can bar can a friend can give you 25 bucks or 50 bucks. A family member can do that. That's typically how that's done. Now, when it gets into the $200, $500 range, that is typically either a family member or a small business. Most of the teams have created sponsorship packages on the team level at the small business level in the area of $500 up to about $5,000, $500 to $5,000. That's going to be your small business um, I like to deal with small businesses. Why? Because I can go straight to the decision maker and ask them for $1,000 and they don't have to talk to anybody about it. I can typically ask them for up to 5000 and they don't really have to um, bat an eye about making a decision or having to go check the numbers. Um, but a lot of teams can, a lot of players can influence somebody to be a sponsor of the team for $500 or $1,000 um, fairly regularly. Um, when you get up into $5,000 or more, we're talking about large team sponsors. And those are typically different kinds of sponsors. For example, it could be a patch on the jersey. It could be a sticker on the helmet. It could be a travel sponsorship, maybe even a travel uh, uniform or tra yeah, travel uniform being uh, a jacket and a pair of pants, pair of sweatpants of some sort could be a travel uniform sponsor. And that would usually range in the three to $4,000 range. Typically the sponsorship um, pays for the product. The sponsor gets their name on those items, but it also gets other perks. So that could be um, tickets or autographed memorabilia, something of that nature. So I really like the idea of the super small sponsor. The larger sponsor is definitely somebody you need to go after, definitely somebody you need to talk to, um, but it is more difficult and it is more time consuming. So a lot of times a player does not um, want to or feel interested in 
talking with a large sponsor, even if they are the in or they know the person at the large sponsorship, they don't want to be the ultimate one to go talk to the sponsorship. Now, here's the trick about large sponsorships that a lot of people don't understand. You have to, when you're going for $25,000 or $50,000, you have to understand that they are going to expect some numbers. This is why we talk about a lot of the um, leagues and teams trying to go for $50,000, dollars $100,000. It's going to be very difficult for them because those people, well, they should be asking for numbers. If they're not asking for your numbers, then somebody's going to get in trouble, right? If if you go and ask somebody for twenty-five dollars or $50,000 and they tell you yes automatically and they haven't asked you how many people you have in the stands, somebody's getting in trouble, Right. Because if you are honest with them and tell them, hey, you know, we only have 300 people in the stands or, you know, we had 400 people in the stands, but the other six teams in our league have never played a game. Um, they should not be giving you money because they haven't done their due diligence. So, you know, if if we're if we're going through the business process and I'm going out and getting sponsorships and you're a potential sponsor, it is my duty to tell you the truth, tell you how many people we have at the the games, how many people we have on social media, and then you can decide whether that is worth your twenty-five dollars or $50,000, right? And ultimately, women's football isn't there yet. We'll be able to get some sponsors for 70 teams, but we won't be able to get that size of sponsor for a, a single individual team or even a small league um, should, should not be getting those numbers because the math doesn't add up. If somebody sat down and said, okay, you, you're even at, even at 20 teams, if you have 250 people per team in the stands, the numbers don't add up. So, we're getting there. Women's football is getting there. The Women's Football Alliance is getting there. And we will start to see better and better, larger sponsors. But for now, I really focus on the super small business or the small business sponsor to leverage their financial ability to give to us with our ability to get people in the stands and knowing that they're a sponsor of us and advertising for them and saying that we're proud to have them as a sponsor. So that's typically the individual sponsor, the super small sponsor, the small business sponsor, and then the larger business sponsor. How do you approach these people? What do we say? Now, um, I go back to it. There are many women's football players that do not want to go talk to a sponsor. I feel it's fear. I feel it's nervousness. They're not sure what to say. They're not sure what to do. When I go into a place of business, whether I'm looking for a sponsorship or not, if I'm going to dinner, if I'm going to dinner anywhere, um, even if I'm not in my market, I will talk about women's football. We go to dinner in Little Rock. We go to dinner in Washington, D.C. We go to dinner in Atlanta, uh, Las Vegas. Have you ever heard of women's football? No. What are you talking about? I mean, this is just to the waitress. Have you ever heard of women's football? No. What is that? Well, you need to check it out. They have it here in your town. It's this ta this 
team. I think that you I think that you'd really like it if you if you went and checked it out. Oh, really? Okay. Or I'm going to give you a couple different scenarios on what to say so that you feel comfortable about it. You're wearing your team jersey or your team t-shirt. Somebody says, "What is what is that?" Oh, this is this is a team I play on. I play tackle football for women. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Where 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 is it at? Well, it's at such and such stadium. Really? Yeah, why don't you check it out? Go to www.blahblahblah.whatever. People want to hear about women's football and they because it's a surprise, it's a new thing. Um, the example that I've gave a couple weeks ago is when you go into a networking event, there's a ton of insurance salesmen, there's a ton of Mary Kay Cosmetics, there's a ton of um, financial advisors, whatever. You go in there and say, I, I'm a women's football player or I'm a women's football owner and they don't know what to do about them with themselves. I can pretty much guarantee that if you're at a networking event or you're sitting connected and talking to other people, none of them own a women's football team or none of them play on a women's football team. Because if you only have 40, 50 players, chances are that one of them is in that room are slim to none. So the, the ladies that are wanting to get paid to play and the ladies that are wanting to brand themselves as female football players and are trying to get out into radio and media and onto college teams, coaching and stuff, you need to be out there presenting yourself as a female football player. And in order to do that, you have to do two things. One, you have to talk about your team. And two, you have to tell them who you are. You have to talk to a lot of people in order to get a sponsorship. You have to talk to about 50 potential sponsors to get a thousand dollar sponsor. Okay. So it's very, very important that if you are a player and you are wanting to get paid or at least get your player fee paid for by someone else. Hi, I'm Lynn. I play women's football. I'm looking for a sponsor because we are, we are, connecting with the community and looking for people that are interested in helping us pay for equipment, pay for travel costs. Would this be something you're interested in? If they say no, heck no. Say, Hey, can I come back in a couple months when our tickets are printed and give you some free tickets? They'll say, yeah, sure. Because they'll take anything free, right? And most, but most of them, if they are interested in football at all, they'll, they'll take those tickets. If they just don't want, anything to do with football, then they are probably not your sponsor. But you've asked the question, do they want to sponsor you or can they sponsor you? And if they say no, offer to do something nice for them. And it usually changes them around because not only have you offered to do something nice, but you've asked a second qualifying question is what I call. So I'm not, so when they say no the first time, I'm not sure if it's because they don't like football, they don't like me, they don't have the money, or they don't want to do it. So by asking that second question, hey, in a couple months, our tickets are going to get printed. Is it okay if I bring you by a ticket then? Or would you be interested in me stopping back by for you to buy a ticket? Any of those kind of second qualifying questions will let you know if they're just 
not necessarily in shock, but a lot of times the first thing a small business owner does when they're asked for money is no, no. They, they just specifically turn it off because they're asked for it a lot. All the, all the children's teams are asking and the softball teams and the baseball and the basketball. Everybody's asking for a small business owner's funds. Now they are a decision maker and they can make a decision fast. That's what I like because I don't want to beat around the bush. Either you are interested in women's football and you have the decision-making power to do that and you want to help or you don't. But that second qualifying question for somebody that is a player asking for a sponsorship will let you know if they're just um, being defensive because they're always asked for money or if they seriously don't want to be a sponsor, right? Um, that is very, very important for you. Now, once you leave the store, once you leave there, you write down their name, write down where you saw them, when you went, what day and time. Because ideally, if you're there at Thursday at one in the afternoon, they might not be there on Saturday at 7 p.m. Okay, so you'd want to try and go back and talk to them at the same time. The other option is, is going in at a different time. Maybe you went in and the decision maker wasn't there. Maybe you talked to an assistant or an assistant to an assistant and you want to talk to the manager or the owner. If you know at Thursday at 1 p.m. they're not there, then say, okay, not a problem. Go back another time, two or three weeks later, and meet with somebody different and say, oh, yeah, I, I talked to Janet um, a couple Mondays ago. And so I figured I'd call stop back by and see if I could call on somebody um, that might be interested in helping to sponsor women's football. That's your second connection with them. It's a warm lead because you've talked about Janet, who you were saw at the business before. It kind of gives you a little bit more of an in. It's not a guarantee. So that might be an, another possible way of connecting with somebody that might be a sponsor. If they just say, look, we, we don't have the funds to do it. We can't do any marketing. We've already spent our marketing budget. Say, fine. Is it okay if I stop back by and bring in our schedule when it gets printed in January or February, whenever you want to say? And they, they'll say, sure. There's no cost to them. They don't have to buy anything. You might be able to set your schedule up on their bulletin board or leave a couple flyers for people to take. Now you've done a couple things there. You've done a second inquiry into that business. You have not even talked. So in that scenario, you haven't talked about tickets. You haven't talked about t-shirts. Um, you've talked about putting the schedule there. If they say no, if they say yes, they're interested in sponsoring you. Um, send them a sponsorship package or hand them one if you already have one in your hand and follow up again. Then that would be a third connection with them. Look, if people are interested in football in your community, they love this stuff. And a $500 sponsorship or a $1,000 sponsorship to get their name attached to an up and coming sport is a good investment. If your team and your league are showing them that people actually get into the stands.
that the money isn't wasted on non games not happening or um, teams not getting things. Now, if you had sponsors last year and you didn't fulfill contracts, or you told them you were going to give them tickets and then you guys didn't play those games, those sponsors are probably not going to come back this year. You're going to have a harder and harder time. But if you are able to give them a return on their investment and show them how, why, and how it is important to be a partner with women's football in your community, they will keep coming back and you'll just keep getting better at it. Now let's talk about, um, let's talk about the smaller sponsorships for players with family and community. A couple things that I found are super, super important to this is players sharing that they made the team with their friends and family. Even if their friends and family are not local, many of them, aunts, uncles, cousins, nephews, brothers, whatever, have sponsored $25 or $50 or $100. Um, it's happening. It's happening every day. And people are getting their player fees paid for so that they can focus on other things. Now, wouldn't you like to be able to say that here in a couple weeks that your player fees paid for? You haven't really had to talk or ask anybody for any money and you can get on to your other things and your other fundraising requirements that your team requires. I think it's super cool when you can share it to your social media or share it out to a couple of people and your player fee gets paid for. On our team, we are super stoked. We've had some anonymous people come up to us and say, I want to play, I want to pay for this player, X player, or these two players, or whatever. We've had people just come out of the community that came to games last year and said, I want to be the sponsor for that player anonymously. Super cool. Love when that happens. Um, but you can't you can't expect for that to happen. Um some of the reasons why that happens and why I feel it's so important for players to get out there and brand themselves if they are wanting to make money in women's football or if they're at least wanting to get their player fee paid is to be out in the community or even on the sidelines at games and connecting with the people in the stands. It's the people that connect with the people in the stands that get their sponsorships paid for, okay? I'm just saying, you know, it's not the rule, but it certainly is 85% of the time. It's the, the player that people talk to, the player that is genuine and uh, very gracious on the sideline. It's not the person that's yelling and screaming. It's not the person that's cheating. It's not the person that's, you know, sneaking around or it's not that player that is getting their player fees paid for in an honest, legitimate way. It's the person that goes up into the stands and connects with the people in that in the stands and and tells them thank you for coming out to the game. So I'm super excited about 2019, guys. This is crazy. Women's football is rocking and rolling. Um, if you are a team and you are not updating your website and stuff, now is the time. 
you know, November, getting ready to go into December is the time to get all of that stuff up and ready and locked in. The other thing I want to share with you guys is, okay, let's talk about education a little bit. And I'm not going to go into super, super details, but wow, do we have a ton of stuff coming out there for you. Um, it's very important for me. Um, I really like to create what's called evergreen material. So I can put it out there today and somebody a month from now can watch it and it's relevant. Somebody a year from now can watch the same content and it's relevant. Now, there are some things that just change up so fast that that's not possible. But for the foundational components, it is. So we have a ton of education coming to the WFA and getting the, the teams and players and staff up and ready and understanding the foundations of women's football and understanding what the challenges are and how to face them head on. Okay. So one of the things that I was going to talk about with as far as education just today, just a little snippet, because um, I told you I got to get going and get ready for that baby shower because I'm putting together decorations. We got food, all the stuff, crazy stuff going on. Um, let's talk about women's football education. So shout out to my husband. He's awesome. Shout out Coach Mike. Um, I've been putting together a lot of content. My husband, what he does is he kind of goes through different software and tries to find which software is the most beneficial to me to be able to do what I do. So, you know, you might have one software that's really, really good at audio, one software that's really, really good at PowerPoint. There's, there's several different softwares that are good at putting them both together. And so my husband has kind of weeded through several different one so that I can present two teams what is the best. So I'm trying to save you time on these different things. Um, I shared with you our concept of how to streamline tryouts and how to get your numbers up. I'm hoping that the WFA teams that have listened to what I've said have um, some of them have reached out to ask questions. Some of them have tried what we've suggested, and I hope that it is helping you. If what I say, and I take the time to record and send out to the WFA owners, if that helps you get five extra players or 10 more players than you had last year, oh my gosh, I'm ecstatic. However, there are some team owners that still just they're so stuck in the mindset that it's always going to be this way. It's never going to be different. Um, I've heard from a couple team owners, oh, what you do in this town can't be done in that town, or what you do in the north can't be done in the south. Um, I call you out because I disagree. One of the reasons why when we were the Lone Star Mustangs, my husband and I expanded our business to include the Tulsa Eagles and the Little Rock Wildcats. It's not because we love traveling 7 million directions every week. It was because we wanted to do two things, expand our business and be able to 
provide a legacy to our children. But twofold, we wanted to prove a couple of points. One was that you can have a successful football team in a small market. So anybody that comes to me and tells me that you cannot have a successful, profitable business or successful, profitable women's football team in a small market, please just stop talking. Please don't, please don't tell me that. We can talk about anything else, but please don't tell me that it is impossible to have a small, uh, a successful women's football team in a small market. Okay. Second, the other thing that I wanted to kind of research and see if it happened and, and prove ultimately is that it does not take a ton of effort. It does not take full time, 50, 60, 70 hours a week to run a successful women's football team. We were able to run three women's football teams in three different cities all at the same time. So obviously I didn't live in all three cities at the same time. Okay. So this is where I kind of get on my soapbox a little bit because I will stand if if a if an owner comes to me and talks to me about this, I will smile and I will, you know, talk with you. However, I don't believe you. Um, because I've I've seen it, I've done it, I've watched it done many other times that a women's football team can be successful on a part-time basis with good processes and procedures. Okay. Anybody that comes up to me and tells me that that's not possible, I might smile and say, oh, okay, this it's great to meet you, but I do not believe you. And it's very, very important when you're doing business team owner to team owner that you're doing business with people that um, you believe and, and you trust not only not, not that you're doing business together and I'm a business partner with you, but we know in women's football that there's a lot of liars, cheaters, and thieves. I mean, I guess that's in every industry, right? Um, but in order for me to be on the bandwagon with you and, and going out there and pushing for women's football, I have to believe in you. I have to know that you're being honest with me. I know that you're not going to cheat me and I know that you're not going to steal from me. So that is super, super important as a foundational component of women's football. And going forward, we need to um, hopefully increase that, increase the possibility of that happening. But I will tell you, I will never, ever, ever believe that women's football cannot be successful in a small market. And I will never, ever, ever believe that women's football success takes hundreds of hours to be successful because it doesn't. We've done it. With that being said, can you spend hundreds of hours on women's football? Yes. Can you be unsuccessful in a small market? Yes. But it's not because you're in the north or in the south or you're in a small market, you're in a large market. Um, somebody's told me, well, because you have a full staff, that's why you're successful. No, that's not. That's not it at all. Um, we became successful without a full staff. Um, we became successful with two or three coaches. Um, so telling people that, oh, because you do, because you have 12 coaches, that's why you're successful. No, we have a lot of people that have seen that they understand women's football is based on volunteerism. It's based on giving back and that when we are successful, we give back to them as well. So 
I really want to thank everybody for coming out today. Um, I really want to talk about sponsorships because now is the time, November, not March. November is the time where you need to start lining up sponsors. If you want to have 25 sponsors by March, now's the time to start getting those sponsors. It really needs to be happening right now. I really appreciate everybody for coming out and listening to the show. I want to shout out to the Women's Business Conference on Saturday. I want to shout out to the Dallas Elite for the <laughs> bowling event. We can tell why our players are in football and not bowling. Um, it was it was kind of, you know, as far as the bowling scores, it was kind of a catastrophe. But we had a great time. We loved it. Shout out to the bowling alley um, that made it happen and uh, all the players that came out. And then um, shout out to our sponsors for our tryout. Um, I'm trying to really keep them uh, under wraps right now because I want to present them in a different way. And we know what happens. You you announce a sponsor and then somebody tries to take it. So we don't want that to happen. Um, we are super excited about our sponsors. We're going to put them out there and let it rip and um, and show them all at once and get it all get it all going. So I'm really excited about 2019. Um, coming in the next week or two, I am going to start doing giveaways and having guests on the show. I, I think it's going to be about two weeks before I start getting guests on the show because I really wanted to just pre present this foundational material um, about how women's football runs, how we can do these different things. Um, I'm going to go through... Um, we talked a little bit about event planning as far as the game, uh, the signing day. Um, so I'm going to get into my vault of information and research and put some information out there. Now, you guys understand women's football success. We are a radio show for women's full contact tackle football. And I try to share information that can be beneficial to all teams. However, I'm part of the WFA. I believe in the WFA. I know that the WFA is doing good things and I can go to those owners and um, know that they are working with me um, to create a great, so I guess, you, association, league, club, however you want to word that. But it's our working together that's going to make that great. You're always going to have uh, people, uh, naysayers, um, you're never going to be able to make everybody happy. Um, but people really need to be questioning, why are they not here? Why are they not in the WFA? I really appreciate you guys' time. If you have any questions, go to supersmallbiz.com. And that's my um, business consulting site. You go into women's football and it, it has all the content there. You can send me emails through my personal email and through Dallas Elite. We also have Texas girls football starting up and um, getting that underway. Super excited about that. Uh, just giving back.